People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, inviting you to join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or on our website to hear our take as three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can follow us on Facebook. You can reach us with your comments, questions, suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and you can email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And stay tuned for our long-awaited YouTube channel. And now on with this week's episode. Hello, Brothers Talk family. We welcome you in wherever you are around the world, listening in and holding your critical thinking conversations to promote activism and to uplift our people. We appreciate you and to all our first-time listeners. We're always glad you've tuned in. And we hope you're here to help with the work of encouraging and educating as we endorse and inspire new and existing Black businesses and individuals to empower and enrich the Black community. Here's your weekly coronavirus awareness alert because the virus is still very much infectious and very much deadly. The government and the medical experts are forecasting another surge this fall and winter, and it's still a matter of life and death. So be careful when you're out and about, even if you're the only one thinking about the safety of your loved ones. Get your vaccinations or the newest boosters like the health professionals are still advising. And remember that masks in crowded situations help prevent the spread of all respiratory infections, including the flu and RSV2. Finally, don't forget that most disinfectants will kill all the viruses, and that's just good sense, period, when you're traveling this summer for weddings, graduations, reunions, and or vacations, because you definitely don't want to bring anything deadly black back with you when you return home, especially to your medically fragile family and friends. Come on, people, we can and we must do better. Now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Noam. Thanks, Rod. And family, thank you for your continued support. And as always, on my number one topic, it's always going to be, until it's done, until, until it's eradicated, it's going to be the pandemic. It's going to be COVID. They don't want to call it a pandemic no more, but people are still dying. I want to say heartbreaking, disheartening to see people, especially elderly people. I don't know whether they're doing it because they um, peer pressure or whatever, not wearing masks. You can tell these are people who are not that mobile. I see a lot of these people when I go to the store, the restaurant, they're not that mobile, but they're not wearing a mask. So you know that they're part of the vulnerable population. I don't know where they're getting their news and information from, but they're not wearing a mask, and I don't know whether they're vaccinated or not. I wouldn't know that. The other major topic to me is one of the things that we're going to be talking about here today is uh, I hope you all are paying attention to what's going on in politics because these conservative judges are coming after your rights. I mean, when you're talking about what they did with the LGBTQ population, to me, to me, that was just a, you know, this is a rehearsal to see what we can get away with, what kind of rights we can take from people, mainly black people, like with affirmative action. There were a number of things they could have gone after in affirmative action, but they went after something that they thought benefited black people. So, hey, people, wake up, pay attention, organize, get involved, because if you don't, we're going to be, some of us are going to be on some of those boats trying to go to other countries like people who are, fl- are fleeing their countries that have been taken over by what they so-called radical folks. So wear your mask, be, fr- be safe, and take care of your loved ones. Scott, I want to follow your lead here, and I want to discuss the, another late uh, Supreme Court decision. The opinion to deny 
poor and middle-class Americans a small savings on their student loan, $10,000 to $20,000, the maximum on each loan, while the federal government, mind you, forgave over 10 million PPP loans to the wealthy of this country. As Scott mentioned, we as a people should be aware of our political allies and enemies and vote accordingly and hold them accountable. So just continuing the conversation, the real question is, what is it in the conversation about race that means that whites and others have zero compassion when it comes to acknowledging and then looking for a remedy to what has transpired over the 403-year history in this country. And so to make it a little more plain, we know that African Americans, from the first Africans who were brought over here and enslaved through all of the enslavement period and Jim Crow and Black Codes and all of the the absolute segregationist types of policies that have impacted us negatively that no one ever denies. The best they can try to come up with is to say, well, there aren't any more enslaved people today or there are no more people who own slaves today. But that does not deny the fact that they still acknowledge that all of the horrors that have happened to us as a people in this country were real. And yet, for some reason, there seems to be no compassion from those who are in the power structure, those who are the main beneficiaries of the inhumanity that was forced upon African-American people, Black people in this country, that they have any sense of wanting to do the right thing and say, literally, there's a segment of this population who we have crapped all over, and there had to have been some negative effects from that. But what they choose to do is the same thing they try to tell us, is that we should just forget about it. And because that is their mindset, it makes it that much easier for them to go back on even the minor gains that have come our way, like affirmative action, like the Voting Rights Act, and even things like the college loan forgiveness process, because the assumption is made, even though it's a wrong one, that most of the people benefiting from the college loan forgiveness would be Black people. And so just like when they had the wrong idea about welfare and believing that it was more Black people on welfare, that they literally turn around and cut off their own noses to spite their face and hurt themselves more just because they perceive the notion that somehow Blacks are benefiting. And so it's just a crazy, crazy bit of insane logic that has them refusing to even acknowledge that what has been done to us needs to at least be addressed. It, it, you know, Rod, um, this whole affirmative action, not just affirmative action, but what this real right wing court has been doing, uh, it's obvious the rulings that they made on affirmative about affirmative action clearly and, and uh, student loan debt forgiveness clearly was aimed at black people. There are so many different areas that they could have focused on 
But because, like you said, they think that black people are benefiting uh, at the expense of other folks are just so totally highly false. They're not taking into consideration, and, and, and you brought this out too, Rod, Rod, about what we've been dealing with for the last 400 plus years. They seem to think that we're getting ahead of other Who are those people we're getting ahead of? Because we're still being denied. Uh, we're still being redlined. We're still the first, the last one in, first one out when it comes to job being when we get laid off on jobs. We're, we're still being denied opportunities to uh, go to Ivy League schools and even not just non-Ivy League schools, just major universities, unless we're athletes. So I don't know what we're gaining all of this momentum that we're taking over. We're surpassing people or whatever they're afraid of for them to just basically say that, you know, even diversity and inclusion, like in Florida with Ron DeSantis, no public organization, university, school, or anything associated with the government can implement any kind of diversity and inclusion program. And everybody knows, all of the research shows that the more diverse that your organization is, the better ran it is, the more successful you're going to be and your company is going to be. There's research that's out there that shows that. And I'm not talking about just recent research. This is research been doing done over the last 30, 40, 50 years that consistently shows that the more diverse you are, the better off. But yet, for some reason, people feel that we got to try to cut black people off at the knees. It's not surprising because you got so many people in Congress who are descendants of slave owners. Mitch McConnell, I mean, when you start talking about leadership, He's the minority leader of the Senate, and his folks are, and people have known that, are slave owners. Even when it comes to presidents, I don't like the way, and we talked about this in a lot of different ways, I don't like the way that the Democrats, and not just the Democratic Party, people who identify with that party fight. They don't fight back with facts. They don't let people know that we're not being given an equal shot. We have never been given an equal shot. There isn't a level playing field. It's never been a level playing field. They don't fight back like that. It's all softball stuff. It's all hoping that the Supreme Court is going to throw them a, uh, just just give me a crumb. Give me some crumbs. Give me a bone. Anything. They just seem that hope is the thing that they rely on more than just, hey, let's go out here and fight with facts and be logical about it and explain to people what's going on. Rod, I want to reference, you know, your, your last statement in regards to the battle over CRT, um, studying black history in schools or anything just bringing to light the discrimination and the terror and the issues that black people have faced in this country and holding that up to the light so white Americans actually see it and have to respond to it. That's a part of this whole battle here in regards to owning up to addressing their issues and why they can have a great pushback against anything that's going to benefit black people because they really want to deny what has been done to black people and their war against even basic education to that fact is really proof positive, including the book banning that they really want to whitewash their history and, and pretend that they have a clear conscience and path for their racism. And I think you're on to something there, Norm, because when you look at it, you have difficulty trying to reconcile that a country that prides itself on having compassion for people around the world, 
as to the billions of dollars that they spent to not only repair the Jews after the Holocaust, but to resettle them back in Palestine, the monies that they spent to rebuild Japan after World War II, after dropping atomic bombs over there, the money that they miraculously found to send to Ukraine to in their fight against the Russians. And right here on their own soil, they're not even willing to admit the damage that could be done to a people that they see literally every day. There's always this tendency to want to blame Black people for every ill that happens to us. And while we've said on any number of occasions, we do have to take some responsibility, but the vast responsibility has to be on those who oppressed, who enslaved, who continue to incarcerate, who continue to discriminate, as you said, Scott, who continue to make us the last hired and the first fired, and thereby they use every trick known to themselves that they can even make up to find ways to capitalize off of our misery. And yet these folks want to claim to be compassionate. A lot of them even claim to be Christian. And so it's like, well, who would want any part of any Christianity that you could compartmentalize in a way that says that, well, the only time you think about what the Bible says is on Sunday morning, but then as soon as church is out, you go back to basically being the devil when it comes to having any kind of compassion for your fellow people, especially those who have black and brown skin. You know, another thing that's disappointing about this whole, these attacks on on everything black, you know, black culture, black progress, anything black, is, is the fact that there aren't a lot of politicians out there, black or white, running to the TV to to defend the affirmative action. It seems as though Joe Biden is out here fighting this fight about student loans and, and affirmative action by himself. I saw AOC, you know, she is one of the few other few politicians that I've seen out here, you know, saying how wrong this is and how we're trying, they're trying to send the country back uh, to the 50s and the 60s. Where are all the other politicians who are supposed to be out here fighting for the common everyday person, not just black people, but just because this is not just going to affect, uh, impact black people? Where are those politicians, uh, white or otherwise, you know, black or non black? I haven't seen that. You know, I haven't seen them. You would think that they were, they would show some type of unity like the Republicans do, even though we know that Donald Trump probably and what well, well should go to prison, they still will have a press conference where there'll be like 20 deep showing that, yeah, I, I support this, even though it's crazy. I haven't seen that with, with the other side, with the Democrats. And I, I wonder why is that? Well, Scott, I'm going to tell you why that is, because they're afraid to take on the banking system in this country, who are ultimately collecting this money charging these interest rates are ridiculous and, and literally have these people enslaved for the rest of their lives once they graduate from these universities and colleges. They're not going to take that on. You would think that they would be standing up for the veterans who are going to be affected by this, for the teachers, for the policemen, for the people who actually are, are serving us daily in our communities that can't afford to pay this money back. 
But the corporate entity, the, the, the Wall Street, they literally have our politicians hook, line, and sinker, and they're not going to stand up and represent us. They're, they're just not. Yeah, it's it's one of those questions where we definitely need to be more focused on who those people are who are calling themselves our Black leaders. I think we need to start really considering in our communities, initiating our own term limits and saying, in fact, if they won't support our needs, and frankly, maybe it's even whether or not they just give say like, look, the maximum you can do is three terms. And after that, we want some new blood in there because it's, it seems like even the most well-intentioned, when they get into the cycle of just trying to constantly run for re-election, they just lose any real sense of effectiveness. And so it's time for us to talk to all those politicians, including Uncle Joe Biden, and say, look, Joe, you know, we didn't hear you really coming out that strong against the affirmative action process. You came out, we're looking for some solutions for the college loan, which is all well and fine. But once again, it was us, the African-American population that you acknowledged delivered your victory for the White House. So we need you to come good on your promise to have our backs like we had yours. And in our Black Business Spotlight, meet Amika Coleman, founder and CEO of Strands of Faith, a Black-owned beauty brand dedicated to providing clean hair care solutions for textured hair and promoting mental wellness and self-love. She has achieved a significant milestone. Her company has been awarded a contract with Premier Inc., a major hospital network that's listed on NASDAQ to supply textured hair care products to hospitals across the country. And for Black patients, access to adequate health care has been an ongoing struggle. And the disparity in knowledge and training related to texture here in the healthcare industry has often led to inadequate treatment for patients. However, this partnership marks progress toward addressing this disparity as strands of faith working with Premier to provide high-quality products for patients with textured hair in hospitals across the United States. That's a wrap for this show. And remember, you can share your thoughts with us and follow and communicate with us by sending your comments, as well as your questions and show ideas to the Brothers Talk on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, or email us to brotherstalk at gmail.com. As always, God willing, we'll continue to keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. And until our next episode, know that we sincerely appreciate your time and interest and rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. And finally, let's do better today because that's all we really have.